Hey guys, welcome back to Ribbit. This is Afi. Um, so earlier my mic was making fart noises and I've been trying to fix it. So if it's still making fart noises, I'm sorry. Um, I'm too lazy to pause and check and then like reassemble the audios together. I don't want to do that right now. So today is going to be a fun episode because there's going to be a bit of storytelling and also some interesting cheering effects. So, I think let's just get on to it. <laughs> okay, so originally I wanted to title this episode as Birds of Paradise because we are going to talk about evolution and what got me into reading it and why I am interested in reading about evolution and studying it. So, it all started when I uh, moved to Tringanu to pursue my studies and um, it was my first time being away from my parents and my friends and I did not know anybody I was alone um, and I remember sitting for my first class um, it's called aquatic botany um, the class was conducted by this lecturer her name is Dr. Shiti Aisha I think she's a professor now um, she's one of the best lecturers I've met because she makes everything interesting. Like She made plants interesting. So during the first class, I was expecting um, that we learn about like plant anatomy or stuff like that. And I was like, oh no, it's going to be boring. But the first class, um, um, she was describing something about how, um, how life came on earth. Um, how plants are uniquely important to... Um, to somehow like contribute the birth of life and also like other species. So it all started with the earth just being just being composed of a series of gases and, and some rocks. And then throughout time, um, when there are the when there is um, cyanobacteria and um, plants, you know, um, plants that are from the water and true plants that are on the land and when there are more plants in the earth it 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 creates more oxygen in the atmosphere and then like along the way um um along the way um other species began to um show so i thought that i thought that was so cool like i never thought about it i just thought that you know the 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 earth was made um in a way where there's just plants and like things just somehow like got together and and somehow made sense like i like i never thought that the 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 process was that complicated so um then like the next few weeks um i i think i talked about it with her like i wanted to read more and to know more about what, what she said and um, a few days later, I went to the library and I started to look for books. And um, I think the first book that I borrowed was called Darwin's Gift by Ayala. So the book, I think if I remember, the book discusses about um, the differences between creation science. Uh, is it creation science? The difference between creationism and also evo evolutionary science. So there are a lot of strong... Um, a lot of strong, uh, strong um, 
strong evidences uh, that is linked to um, that is linked to that is linked to evolution. And from there on, I learn these new terms. Um, although I've I've probably all already studied it, but um, that was the first time where I actually understood what natural selection and also and also speciation um, is. And um, it was so exciting. So I started to read other books. I borrowed this book. It's called Here on Earth by Tim Flannery. And another one, um, The Malay Archipelago by Alfred, Alfred Russell Wallace. And then um, um, after some time, then only I discovered On the Origin of Species by Charles Darwin. And now I'm still actively reading um, stuff on Reddit. I watch... Uh, videos on YouTube and try to learn as much as I can about evolution because it's it's one of the exciting topics ever because I'll probably I'll probably tell you why later on so uh, moving on um, why I think um, these books are very inspiring and um, really um, fun to read is mainly because um, I've never heard of these ideas before. I never actually thought about it. I just thought that things just came to life because of the way that they should be. <laughs> I never thought that there was like a science behind it and it's it's just so it's it's just so complex and like at the same time very intricate and and the process just takes a lot of years and it all made sense. Um so on the or so on the origin of species is a book that was published years ago, um even before people discovered genetics, or um DNA or um or um, other important uh, terms and uh, stuff that helps us further understand um how the world came together, and Charles Charles Darwin wrote that um when he was on a voyage to um, different places he went to visit. Um, the I was about to say the Gulag Archipelago, but no. Um, when he went to visit the Galapagos Islands, and um, all he did was he just merely observed things, like he just looked around and just write or probably like describe how these wonderful and also colorful creatures move or um how they behave. Um, what they look like and somehow with with all his brilliantness he came up with the theory of natural selection which is one of the most important theories that helps us understand um, why there are so many species species on the planet and why there is such thing as biodiversity and why it is so important to us and why we need to study it so um, I'm going to um, search the definition of natural selection so I don't get um, my facts wrong. So, okay. So according to National Geographic Society, natural selection is the process through which populations of living organisms adapt and change. Individuals in a population are naturally variable, meaning that they are all different in some ways. This variation means that some individuals have traits better suited to the environment than others. So the key point here is that, um, okay, it's a long explanation in my head. Like there's just so much words in my head that I just don't know how to put it. 
in like a very concise way. Okay, so it it means that um, different species they look different from each other because they have adapted along the years, and these adaptations are important responses to certain environmental pressures that um, they were living in. So. I'm going to give you an example, but before that, um, <laughs> I want to tell you the background of this example. So if you've heard of Birds of Paradise, um, I think like I think um, there is an ad I've heard on the radio where they go like, um, Birds of Paradise. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so I think it's like a Chinese tea or something. So um, anyway, um, Birds of Paradise. So... Um, Charles Darwin is famous for the theory of the not the theory like the like the explanation of the of the of the Galapagos finches where he found out that um finches that lived in different regions in the archipelago they tend to have different beaks and the beaks have adapted because it it because um it has adapted according to the size of the seeds that was found in the respective islands where the different um, finches were residing. So that was really cool. But before the fi- um, <laughs> before the story of the finches was famous, um, um, there is a man that um, most people would say he was kind of like overshadowed by Charles Darwin because Charles, Charles Darwin was the one who made the theory of ev- of evolution famous he was the one who published the uh, who published the published the manuscript instead of this guy which is named Char- charles darwin which is named alfred russell wallace the guy that i mentioned who wrote the malay archipelago so he he is a famous british na- british naturalist so he traveled around the borneo islands and if you read the book it's it's amazing I can go lengths just talking about it. Um, it's he he does the same thing as what Darwin did. Um, actually, he he kind of did it first. Um, he is a natural a naturalist, and it means that he observes um the natural behavior of um of um, different animals around him, and he looks at them, and he also collects specimen, and he analyzes them, and he writes them in a way that makes you feel very connected towards nature you know you know it's something like i'm sure that um every like at some point in our life like we have encountered ants or like we have seen butterflies and um and like most of the time we don't really think about them like why do ants behave in such a way like why are ants so strong like how can they carry so much stuff or why some or why some butterflies are much bigger and and are much brighter in comparison to other butterflies but a man like alfred a man like alfred russell wallace and also charles darwin or you can call them or you can call them naturalists they think of all these things when they look around them and and um and um, at the same time they also admire and also and also appreciate the beauty of nature that is around them. So back to the birds of paradise. Um, um, okay, so now I'm going to explain how the birds of paradise is linked 
to natural selection and sexual selection and how it's an important um how it's an important example to evolution and a new term which I'm going to um which I'm going to introduce to you guys which is speciation so speciation is basically a term to describe how new species evolve from different species so um the birds of paradise um basically describes um these different species of birds that are very colorful they're very beautiful they're big they're small and you can you can you can usually find them on islands um these these beautiful birds can also be found in borneo islands in the galapagos i think but originally the term birds of paradise was made famous um from the Malay archipelago if i'm not if i'm not mistaken so because they look so beautiful um these birds of paradise they have long captured people's curiosity um so scratch what i said that the birds of paradise was made famous in the malay the malay archipelago um um that was wrong so the real so the actual fact is they were first introduced to the western world in the in the fifth in in the one five zero uh oh my god my brains are shut down in the 15th or the 14th century i'm sorry um or the 16th century by the explorer ferdinand mark ferdinand magellan so he brought specimens back to europe in the east indies and since then there have been an inspiration for arts and fashion so birds in paradise can be found throughout throughout papua new guinea and they are also uh, spotted in the surrounding islands of indonesia and a small part of northeastern australia so um yeah so they were also spotted in borneola so so i was partially right so um these birds they are very interesting because they have a lot of interesting behaviors in, in them as well they exert courtship behaviors where they put up like a shimmery show or like a funny dance to attract not funny like much of extravagant dances to attract female birds so um why these birds oh my god it's already 14 minutes okay i'll speed things up so why these birds are famous um are i mean why these birds are very significant in the theory of evolution and speciation is because um let me just try to like let me try <laughs> let me try to tell you a story on how these birds um from one species they they uh, sort of like undergo speciation to form different species so let's say you have a bird in the a bird blood so like uh, let's say you have a uh, let's say you have a population of bird which they are which they are represented by one species in the mainland and throughout time um there was a volcano nearby and then a new island a new island emerges so um, let's say um there's a storm and the storm sort of um the storm sort of like pushes the bird towards the island where these birds that were th- that were pushed at the island they sort of co- they sort of colonize the island and 2000 generations later not 2000 uh, maybe like 200 200 generations later 
the female bird from the mainland meets with the male bird from the island. And then they start to make babies. They they mate and they make babies. And like um let's say about two thousand gen two thousand generations later, um the female bird somehow meets up with the island bird again. But this time the female bird is not able to recognize the the uh, male birds. Um probably because they look different. They have adapted it, they have they have adapted in certain environmental pressures that was found in the islands because different different geo, different geographic locations um they they have different um they have different in, environmental pressures whether it be the the um, uh, whether it be the type of food or the the size of seeds or um the climate i think maybe um if the island is not too far from the mainland then that can be an important an important attribute my house is noisy right now oh god so um throughout time many many generations later the bird that was originally from the same species they appear to look different and years later the bird the the bird that was from the mainland and the bird that was from the island they they can no longer interbreed and 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 um, this is because they these two different birds exert a a high amount of sexual dimorphism in in comparison um to other species i'm i'm not sure if that makes sense i kind of have a feeling it's confusing so let me just google up sexual dimorphism i've explained this in the matcha episode <laughs> if you remember it so sexual dimorphism is the condition where two sexes of the same species exhibit different characteristics beyond the differences in their sexual organs so in in birds they have a higher sexual dimorphism in in comparison to let's say um humans so the male and females um tend to look more different than one another so you have the peacock and the peahen uh, so the peacock looks much 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 different than the peahen uh so yeah i just forgot what i was going to say so yeah throughout time um when the bird from the island and the mainland can no longer interbreed um many many gener- many many generations later then they they would tend to form a new species because the the term of for species is that the same species need to be able to interbreed with one one another and if they can no longer interbreed with one another they are not under the same species anymore so throughout years billions of years passed on and now we have um and now we have like a lot of species of birds um almost thousands and um that basically is one of the examples of one of the examples the examples of speciation and and some people may find it not very convincing that that um you know like how like okay um what about um 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 let's say species that look really or far much different from one from one another um um let's say a bird and a fish like how like how can the bird evolve from a fish because um if we talk in the context of evolution um the first the first the first organisms that 
um, that sort of existed years ago tend to be from water because um, when because um, in because um, during the during the earliest days um, um, these species tend to look to look much to look much simpler because they don't have organs that that is that that is needed um, for them to function on land um let's say because when you live in water you you don't need uh you don't need um, you don't need lungs to breathe because um simpler organisms existed in water because um in water the life the life conditions are much more favorable in comparison to land because in water um you 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 basically have oxygen um all around you you don't need like a complex um like a complex respiratory system to help you breathe right and you don't need like limbs and stuff because in water you just need to float so um that is why when um when um people um when they first heard that okay so um you know um to speak in the context of evolution that means um we have we have we have actually um evolved from a unicell and then to a fish and then from a fish it has evolved to um put the tetrapods and then from the and then from the tetrapods um you have bipedals and stuff and and it 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 makes sense because this process takes years like billions of years to 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 happen and it already did like we have fossils um we have um studies on genetics to prove that so not only they use skeletons as fossils but our genetic materials are uh, can be regarded as fossils as well so i'm at 22 minutes right now i only have 30 minutes to speak so there's only eight minutes eight minutes left so actually i have so much to say about um uh the malay archipelago and the origin of species and and how these two books are very significant um in the world of evolution and i feel that many people reject or try not to understand evolution because it seems very like it seems too easy when you read it on the surface but when you find out more about it um then you know that it makes sense and it's complex and and at the same time um it's a really beautiful thing so um <laughs> i think there's not much to say anymore i only have like seven minutes now um thank you so much for listening um please 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 read the malay archipelago by uh, by alfred russell wallace the book is not too complicated on science stuff it's it's more like a celebration on biodiversity and um also nature and also culture like he also talked about the dayak people um in the book um and also his visit to sarawak and stuff it's it's great um i think that's about it for today i'm sorry if this episode is confusing and if i got some facts wrong um <laughs> okay i think that's it okay bye guys